Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is www.thementalhealthgym.com. It's your source of information about positive psychology, goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other helpful hints in the pursuit of wellness and enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast well know that we almost always have a really terrific guest who is living his or her own life enthusiastically, have lots of helpful ideas to help us to do so. And we try to get different points of view, different kinds of information. And today we have a really special and informative guest, really been looking forward to presenting Ariane Thomas, who is an author, international healer, teacher, ceremonialist, speaker, and shaman. She primarily carries the ancient wisdom and subtle energy of an elder and advisor. Ariane is part Cherokee by heritage, and her primary practice is shifting unwanted generational family patterns by connecting with ancestors and making genetic life changes. We haven't had anybody coming from that point of view and really looking forward to it. Ariane is the author of the Amazon bestsellers, Healing Family Patterns, subtitled Ancestral Lineage Clearing for Personal Growth, and Changing Our Genetic Heritage, which is subtitled Creating a New Reality for Ourselves and Future Generations. She has co-authored three international anthologies, and she's a monthly columnist for Conscious Shift magazine. Ariane, it is such a pleasure to have you with us. Been looking forward to our conversation, and welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you, Ron. It is my pleasure to be here and to be with you and your audience. Pleasure is all mine and my audience's, I'm sure. Well, I know we've got a lot of information, and again, you come from a little different orientation than many of the people who we have as guests. So I'm wondering if you could start out telling us a little bit about kind of the theoretical foundation for your work. What is it that kind of underpins the work that you do? Certainly. My approach to this generational family pattern clearing is basically shamanic in background. And that means that it is from a Native American perspective, where from the Native perspective, we are always in touch with our ancestors, that we can travel through time and space and connect with our ancestors through our heart, our minds, and our spirit. And, you know, when people hear this, they go, oh, that's woo-woo stuff. That's all that energy stuff. You know, what does that have to do with the real world, right? But when you view it from the perspective of quantum mechanics, 
what Einstein was talking about and Stephen Hawking's and Brian Greene and the modern physics, they're all talking about the unified field theory where, you know, time and space is fluid. It's not linear. And so the Native American perspective where we can reach the nonlinear fields of time and space is actually what the Native Americans and other indigenous people have known for millennia is actually true. Now, it may not be that we can't physically, you know, go out the back door and travel down the road to meet our ancestors from several hundred years ago. But on an energetic level, they are available to give us their wisdom and understanding if we know how to reach them on an energetic level through a meditation process, which in the shamanic world is called journeying. And so that is when we drop down into that alpha state, into that state where we go into a deep meditation and we basically reach out to our ancestors and say, ancestors, can you help me? Can you lend me your wisdom? Can you lend me your strength and guidance? And tell me what I need to know in this lifetime that will help me with the issues that are facing me today. And that's what I do on a shamanic journey. Because we are connected to our ancestors through our DNA, that's the highway that we use to actually connect to the ancestors that we need to give us the information that we are seeking when I work with an actual client. That's really fascinating. When or what kind of issues would get a client to you? In other words, in theory, it sounds very good to be able to connect with the ancestors and so on, but I'm assuming that the ultimate work that you do with clients is to help solve problems. So when do people come see you? Well, aren't there some very basic problems that we all face in our life? And they generally fall into some very broad categories. And that's basically health. It's finances relationships, job, career, what am I going to do with my life? And the other one is connection with spirit, with divine, with our inner purpose in life. Where do I fit in the world? And they basically fall within those five categories. People come to me and say, you know, I've always had trouble with money in my life. I either get a lot of money and then it just fritters away or You know, I come from a family where we've never had money. I can never have a decent job. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and then I get fired or I lose my job and I get laid off, and my family's always on the brink of starvation. So what do I do with this poverty consciousness? And when we look back to those family patterns, so many people in the world come from a lineage and a heritage where there was slavery, where there was serfdom, where our civilizations were overrun 
by conquerors time and time again, where we were in bondage, where we didn't have the ability to control our actual survival level. And so we grew up with this mentality of lack, with this mentality that the universe was not abundant, where we had to fight for our actual food, shelter, and everyday life. And that's a belief system that we grew up with from our ancestors. And from our perspective, our grandparents and our parents grew up during the Depression, during the war, during the post-war Depression, during all of the recessions that came afterwards. And now we're in COVID where millions of people have lost their jobs, where there's bare shelves and people are going, oh my God, we're going to starve. I don't have a job. Where was the money going to come from? And there's that belief system that is triggering all of those old fears of lack. And we can go back to that original ancestor that says, there's not enough. There will never be enough. And we can change that belief system and unlock those fears so that we can actually begin to trust that I will be okay that the universe is there to support us, that we will always be okay, that there is enough for everyone. And that's what the ancestors tell us. Now, there are a lot of different kinds of professionals who deal with those kinds of issues, whether we're talking about psychologists, therapists, coaches, psychiatrists, social workers, counselors, and others, and I have a pretty good idea what happens, you know, in a session when somebody comes to one of us with that kind of issue, because I do some of it. But what specifically happens when somebody reaches out to you for help? Is it an in-person kind of thing? Is it a series? Of what actually takes place? And you mentioned meditation before. Is that part of it? I guess I've asked enough. Can I let you tell me what you do? Okay. There's a variety of things that happen that depends on where that person is in their life. First of all, my orientation is generally on family patterns. Do you come from a history of a generational pattern where this is the issue that you are facing, that your parents had, that your siblings have, that your grandparents have, that was inherited generation after generation after generation. And then I deal with people individually these days, mostly over Zoom, or we can do it over the phone. And depending upon how deep that issue is and what the trauma is, we can do it in one to three sessions. And I take them on the journey to find the original ancestor who set that pattern. Was it set 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago? So we go back to the original ancestor who set that belief pattern and triggered the negative genetic pattern. And we shift that pattern in that ancient time. 
And then we bring the new energy back into the present. And then I give the client exercises to do to change the triggers of their genes in the present so that that genetic pattern gets shifted in the present and gets set in the present. So let me take you one step further, okay? Sure. Now, we talked about the quantum energy field of time and space that allows us to travel back to the ancestors. So the next question is, why does this work, right? Because you're a psychologist, so you know how changing belief patterns and changing mental patterns and perspective changes how a person sees the world. From a genetic pattern, we know that turning negative genes off and turning positive genes on can change how our body reacts in the world. And this is called epigenetics because our DNA is locked in our cells. And what happens is that our DNA is like the building blocks of our body in our cells. But those building blocks are actually just, you know, the pieces, like Legos. Epigenetics is the stuff that lays on top of the building blocks when we put them together. And it tells us which ones we are going to use and which ones we're not going to use. The genes we turn on and the genes we turn off. That's what epigenetics is. And what science has now discovered since they began working on the Human Genome Project is that no matter how old we are or how young we are, we have the ability to turn on our positive genes and to turn off our negative genes. And we do that by our beliefs, our lifestyle, our attitudes, how we live in this world and how we act. And so when I bring a client out of that journey to their ancestors, I give them specific exercises to turn off those negative genes and turn on those positive genes by giving them exercises to do to shift their awareness to keep the positive genes on and the negative genes off. Now, research has shown that things like mindfulness, paying attention to positive things in your life can actually shift negative genes. And so if you do things like affirmations, focusing on the positive, and you do them regularly, consistently, it actually changes the neocortex in your brain and shifts your mental field so that the connection between your right brain and your left brain works better. So you're not consistently going, oh, the world is terrible. The world is terrible. I'm not, never going to have anything. I'm always going to be poor. I'll never get a job. You start thinking, it's going to be okay. I'm all right. The universe is going to support me. And you can't do it just once. Because as you know, as a psychologist, once doesn't cut it. 
Research studies have shown that long-term meditation on a consistent basis actually repairs damaged DNA. Long-term yoga repairs damaged DNA. So I actually give my clients exercises to do to repair those damaged belief systems, to repair the damage that was done in the ancestral lineage. This is really fascinating, and it also dovetails with a lot of the stuff that those of us who come from a positive psychology wellness orientation, you know, really do. I mean, there is good scientific knowledge about the brains of meditators and those who exercise and so on. But I would imagine that there are a certain percentage of listeners and maybe a little part of the corner of my brain that's wondering, is there really science behind this? I mean, she talks pretty well, but, you know, is, is there some research to support what you're saying? People haven't studied shamanic journeying as such, okay? Because the scientific world has discounted the indigenous peoples, always. Because they have always said that this is nonsense, that there is nothing to learn there. And it is only those of us who work in those realms that know that it works. And let me give you a specific story. My family has a history of heart disease. My mother died of heart disease that she had for 40 years. My brother has four stints in his heart. My younger sister had her first major heart attack at 48, which they said almost killed her. And she had another one two years later. I had a niece who had high triglycerides and high cholesterol in her 20s, and she was headed straight down that same path. And I went, wait a minute, we are not going to continue this. And so I went in and did an ancestral lineage clearing on my family. And this was about 10 years ago. And my brother and sister are both now taking blood thinners, I think. They are not on high blood pressure medication. They are not taking cholesterol medication. They are not taking any other medication. My niece is doing just fine. No one else in my family is showing any indications of heart disease. And I have 19 nieces and nephews and 30 grandnieces and nephews. I come from a large family. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. it's a nice small family. Right. No one else has shown any indications of heart disease. And everyone is doing fine. So if that change occurs and people are committed to maintaining healthy behaviors, is the chain broken or what? I think the chain is broken. And Ron, let me give you a little caveat to this story, okay? I did the ancestral lineage clearing and I didn't tell anyone except for my one sister who had the severe heart attack what I was doing. My brother had two stints in his heart at the time. He quit smoking and went on a diet, the low cholesterol diet, for like three months and then said, okay, I'm good. I'm fine. And he went back to eating his cheeseburgers and French fries and went back to smoking three packs a day. And two years later, he had another two stints put in his heart. Uh, and he said, don't talk to me about this woo-woo stuff. I don't believe that garbage. So, you know, he had two stents put in his heart and you can't tell him anything, you know, you know how those people are. 
you know, I just love him and I just hold him in compassion. He gets to choose what he's going to do. So my sister was doing fine. She came off all her medication. She got a clear bill of health from her cardiologist. And what do we know? Five years later, my brother was doing an organic garden in his backyard. He was walking three times a week. He was having lunch with his daughter. He cleaned up his diet. He hasn't quit smoking, but he doesn't smoke three packs a day anymore. And his heart is now fine. He's exercising, he's cleaned up his diet, and he's doing fine, and nobody said a word to him. So you said you actually did this on your family without them knowing about it? So is that, if somebody comes to you, then could they... I did it on me. I never work on anyone without their consent. It was my genes, it was in my heritage, I went back to my relative. So I worked on me... And that energy resonated out to everyone in the family. And so at first he was going, leave me alone. And eventually, eventually he got the message. He got the message. But it sounds like ultimately it's like everything else that it's not magic. You do have to maintain the behavior changes once you're once you're cleared to be able to. Everyone has free will. Everyone gets to choose. We all get to choose our life path. We all get to choose how we want to live in this life. And it's all up to us individually, whether we want to be happy, whether we want to be well, whether we want to have positive relationships, whether we want to be miserable. Yeah, I think all helping professions come back to that, that the person really has to make a commitment to change in order for any method to work. But it sounds like if the commitment is there, this works. Absolutely. One of the things I didn't say about you when we went through the introduction is, technically I should have introduced you as Ariane Thomas, J.D., you are a lawyer by training. This doesn't sound like you really stayed with that. I'm just wondering a little bit about, you know, your own personal journey to get to here and why you're not this afternoon practicing in a courtroom or uh, writing wills or something like that. Been there, done that, and didn't like it much. Yes, my former profession was as an attorney. I spent 20 plus years as a litigation attorney, and I started out in life doing everything that everyone else told me would make me happy. Everyone said, hey, you know, you're a pretty bright gal. Why don't you go to school? You could be a lawyer. You could make lots of money. You could be respected and have your own business. And what do you know? I grew up and went to school and I had my own business and I made money and I was married and, you know, I owned my own house and I was so depressed. I was suicidal and I did everything right. Everybody thought I was grand and I was miserable because I didn't like dealing with conflict. I was constantly dealing with people in conflict. 
And I kept going, well, all I need to do is work harder. Well, I was only working 70 hours a week. I should work harder. I should make more money. I should be out there crusading for something more. Until I got so sick, I ended up in the hospital because I got tired. I got so tired, I could not breathe. They did all kinds of tests on me, and the doctors finally said, well, we don't know what to do for you, and you're going to die. You can either stay here or we can send you home because we have no idea what's wrong. We don't know what to do with you. We don't know what to do for you, and that's it. And so they sent me home to die. And that's when a shaman came and pulled me back from the brink of death. That's how I got into shamanism. And that's when I learned that, you know what? I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to deal with conflict. I'm actually here to help people. And I spent the next 10 years learning how to heal myself, learning about other ways to live, and learning what made me happy. And that's how I got into this work. Wow. What a story. I didn't expect that when I, uh, when I asked the question. Unfortunately, there's so much you've got to tell us, and we've got so little time, but I would like you to give us uh, the short course on what your books are about. Sure. My first book, Healing Family Patterns, is all about ancestral lineage clearing and what that's about and how I came to find that and what it does for clearing up generational family patterns and how you identify those core beliefs that you inherit from your family that say that something is wrong with you, that your relationships are broken, your finances are broken, your health is broken, and that there's nothing you can do about it because there is something you can do about it. And once you find what that core belief is, then you can shift it and you can change it and you can heal it because it's not about something being wrong. It's about a wound that needs to be healed. And once we can identify that, then it goes away. It transforms. And then we can live our positive life. My second book came out after epigenetics became within the public scope. Because the first book is actually about the indigenous background of shamanism and ancestral healing. And, you know, people kept saying, oh, yeah, you do that woo-woo stuff. Well, when epigenetics came out, it's like, that's the link. That's why it works. That's why ancestral lineage clearing works. So changing our genetic heritage shows why ancestral lineage clearing works. It's about epigenetics. And it's about how we actually change the DNA in our cells and how that gets triggered by those old beliefs that we inherit and how we can change those beliefs and how that epigenetic pattern gets shifted by ancestral lineage clearing. I mean, it's so interesting. I hope that Readers will get your books. I assume they're on Amazon or some other. They're on Amazon and they're also on my website. Okay, great. 
One other question before we talk about how people get to you. Many of my peers, I'm obviously, given the book I wrote and other things, you know, I'm not in the first half century of life. I'm in the second. Many of my peers now are seeing repetitive patterns of things they don't necessarily like, but tolerated in themselves that they see in children and sometimes Mm -hmm. grandchildren. Is there a point when it's too late to change anything or if somebody who's in their 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, comes to recognize this, is there anything they can do besides regretting it? Absolutely. First of all, I didn't start writing my books until I was in my 60s. And most of my clients don't come to me until they're in their 50s and 60s, and they see these family patterns repeating in their children and in their grandchildren. You can change these patterns at any point in your life. And when you shift that pattern in yourself, you shift it for your children and your grandchildren and your siblings and all of those people that are related to you in your DNA. And they always have to choose. Remember, we were talking about everybody has free will, but you can change at any point. And I firmly believe that when we shift at any point before we die, it is our life goal to clear these patterns before we leave so that we can leave in happiness and in joy. Because this clears the patterns for the following generations so that they can live their life in happiness and joy. This is such a hopeful approach. I would hope that many people will want to follow up and be in touch with you, either in a general sense or to work with you. How do people get in touch with you for more information or to work with you or so on? My website is ancestrallineageclearing.com, and you can book a private session with me through the website. And 98% of my clients work with me over Zoom or Skype or even over the telephone. And about 40% of my clients are international. So I see very few people in person, particularly since COVID. And this is very effective even over the internet or over the phone. Okay, that's wonderful. And we'll have all this information in the show notes too. I can tell you the books are very worthwhile. I'm sure that the work is very worthwhile. And again, just the the message of hope that's expressed in your work, the notion that once you clear things out, that you can feel a lot freer as a person and have some comfort in knowing that you're not passing along some you know, negative patterns to future generations. So again, it's been really, really more than interesting. It's been fascinating. I know there's other stuff that you've got to teach us and we may have you back to do that at a separate time. But I really want to thank you very much, Ariane, for appearing on this podcast and providing such helpful information to our listeners. Well, thank you, Ron. It's been a pleasure being here, and it's been lovely chatting with you. Well, thank you. So this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. 
Our special guest today was Ariane Thomas. Again, her information will be available in the show notes or listen to the podcast the second time. We hope that you all will listen, download, rate the podcast, and so on. And also visit the mental health gym. And if you happen to be among the few who haven't yet picked up your copy of Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, please get it on Amazon. And come back next time for the next podcast where we will once again have an interesting guest that will help you lead your life with enthusiasm while learning a whole lot about yourself in addition. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good day and we'll see you at the next podcast.